Oh, this is cute. So, um, Kenny, my boyfriend's got a new nickname for me. He's realised who I look like at the moment, being quite heavily pregnant. Oh, go on. Um, Do you know the penguin from Batman? (laughs) (laughs) The, the, like, small potato-shaped man? Yeah, that's the one. I'll be so honest, so that's how I feel every time I look in the mirror at the moment. Yeah, I, the thing is for me that made it unrealistic when, if you Google a picture of the penguin from Batman, um, <laughs> what made it unrealistic for me is that my legs were never that skinny. Um, <laughs> and they aren't now because he's got really skinny legs. So I was like, uh, well, that's actually ridiculous. But the funny thing is, he is quite right. And I do look and feel a bit like that. I, <laughs> I'm getting to the point, I'll post a picture on Instagram, when I get ready uh, like nothing the clothes that have been fitting and have managed you know regular clothes through maternity that aren't fitting now I'm getting frustrated so when I get dressed there's approximately 15 outfits that go on before and then I get in a rage because I'm like I've got to buy new stuff but it feels pointless buying new stuff because I've only got weeks left so um yeah it's it's that's where I'm at that's exactly it and also I find comfort in buying clothes a bit of retail therapy and there's no point like you say and then I'm like maybe I'll buy like oh a nice t-shirt for after I've given birth and I'm like no because I probably still won't fit in it then it'll take a while but then I also feel like oh but I'm pregnant I should make the most of it like Rihanna and like really wear some outfits (laughs) that are a bit you know I want to look back on my outfits and go oh that looked good with a bump you know like I've, I've got a couple, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm worrying again. I've not documented it enough, which is ridiculous because I think if you go through my phone, I probably have. So <laughs> I've got loads of nudies. Just do loads of nudies because what's really oh. amazing is like just you. I've never loved my naked body and I love my naked body. I just don't love dressing it right now. Yeah, it is funny how quickly you become fine with being like a bit nude. So I yeah. posted a picture on my Instagram. I know you've done a few, but I posted one on my Instagram where I'm in like a bra top and, and my pants. And I just posted it. Not in a million years would I post anything. Like even bikini shots I'd be weird about. But because you're growing a human, suddenly your body is a very different tool, which is it's lovely, actually. And that was an amazing picture. That was like, you know, that when I start my day and I opened it, it was the first one I saw. And I was like, yes, Amy. Whereas you're right. If you'd have done one just just because, I wouldn't have hated it. But I've been like, oh, OK, Amy. <laughs> Someone's feeling themselves today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she'll sure, post fine. whatever, whenever. But yeah, it, it is quite amazing. Like, I just, I'm embracing it. I keep saying, I say to Christian, do you mind if I post this? It's a little bit nutty. And he's like, no, like, you're proud of yourself. You're growing a human. Do it. And I'm like, yes. Whereas in a normal situation, I think if I went, can I post this nuddy pic? It'd be like, why? Yeah. <laughs> Showing it from your body. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's so strange, isn't it? I'm mm. going um, uh, on a little mini break next week to Cornwall. Um, I think some people call them baby moons, but I don't like, I just don't like names and titles for anything. I'm weird like that. You like are going showers. on a baby moon, Amy. No, I'm going you on are. a little break before we go away. And, um... But part of me is like, oh, I need to get some good shots on the beach with my yes. bump, don't I? Like, that is an absolute must. And then I thought, oh, maybe I should think about outfits. Why would I do that? It's going to be cold. No, I can see you there on the shoreline with a floaty mm. dress with the, the, the train That's going into the thinking. water. That's what I was thinking. That's what I'm thinking. But can you imagine asking Kenny to take them for me? <laughs> I mean, he can't Please. bear doing it at the best of times. I mean, imagine me like being getting a whole outfit and going, right, Kenny, we're going down to the beach for a photo shoot. What a plonker. 
but I also really want to do it. Do it and put, like put flowers in your hair and stuff. Oh, Earth Mother. Oh, I love that. Oh, oh dear. So yeah, my Instagram could be interesting <clears throat> over the next couple of weeks. I but can't here wait. we. Oh. Uh, welcome, by the way, if you just joined us, to Two New Mum, the podcast sponsored by The Baby Show, which is happening in just a matter of days. Uh, we're also their official podcast partner for that very event at Excel in London this weekend. It's the 4th to the 6th of March. It's the nation's largest shopping destination for all things baby. I'm really excited, actually, because I feel like this is my last chance saloon to get what I don't have, which is basically everything. Yeah. Um, you, you can yes. compare, compare, you can try and buy products, and there's loads of exclusive deals as well. As you say this, Jenny, I feel like you keep giving me anxiety. You're posting like, oh, my cot's here, and you, you did a little scan of your nursery, and I was like, you've got everything. Why are you so ready? Look, I'm sorry, I don't mean to make you anxious, and you absolutely don't need everything I've bought. I'm just, like I say, I normally get joy from buying clothes, and I can't buy that, so I'm just buying baby bits. Okay. But, you know, if you need if you need any suggestions of stuff, I've researched to the depths of, like, what to get, so I can definitely maybe help you. But you don't need all this stuff. You don't, so don't worry about it. I'm just a little bit okay. addicted to shopping. That's okay. all this is. Well, the tickets uh, are on sale at thebabyshow.co.uk forward slash XL. But we've still got our discounted tickets. I think there still might be some free ones. It depends when you're listening to this. Go and have a look on our website, twonewmums.co.uk or on our Instagram, twonewmumspodcast. Obviously, terms and conditions apply and it's happening this weekend. So if you're listening to this after the 6th of March, I probably wouldn't bother getting a ticket because it will have happened. (laughs) I'd be like that time when um, my mum spent ages making me a Dorothy from the Wizard of Oz costume for Felicity's fancy dress party when I was five. And she took me around the week after. And bless them, Felicity's parents still had a little party just for me. Oh, that's so cute. That's so cute. It felt really bad for me, yeah. Oh, Wend. Um, well, uh, look, if you've just joined us for some reason, I don't know why you've dived in on episode seven, but uh, here we are. Um, we're two podcasters. We fell pregnant two days apart. Clearly, we don't have a clue. So if you're on your fertility journey or you're currently pregs or you're undecided about kids or maybe you've been there and done that, you just like to laugh at us, then welcome Welcome on board. If you were listening last week, you will have heard us talking about the 20-week scan and our experiences. And uh, for me, it was uh, a toughie because we found out that our baby boy has a cleft lip. Um, And uh, so we spoke about that in quite a lot of detail. Thank you for all the messages. This is, you know, everyone said, Amy, when you have a a kid, the mum club is quite incredible. And I, I don't think I expected it to be as amazing. I know you had loads of love and messages when you spoke about your uh, fertility struggles when we first started mm. this podcast. So this time I was kind of sharing an emotional experience. And the messages, so many parents of cleft lip babies, cleft palate babies, so many people who had cleft lips themselves getting in touch. And it's so helpful. I mean, there was one mum who uh, was messaging me. She's down in Essex and she was just telling me, you know, tips of things like, have you thought about buying this? And not not like expensive things, but just really helpful stuff that are specific to like a cleft lip baby that I haven't thought about buying, no. So mm-hmm. like that kind of stuff was really helpful. Um, Yeah, and it's just nice to share. It really is. I mean, I didn't want too much information because I've said before, like I'm not on a lot of the community groups because until I see our baby boy and the we've got our diagnosis, but until I see exactly what we're sort of dealing with I don't want to see too much else because you can you can either like get your hopes up or 
you know <clears throat> worry too much it's so quite it, overwhelming isn't it I think it can be yeah. overwhelming I, yeah. I, I saw a lot of the messages and they were amazing and the support was so lovely but yeah I can I can imagine there's only so much you want to look into you just want to see what your experience is like first yeah that's it that's it and the second that he's here like some some parents said do you want to see pictures of my kid like before and after yes i do the 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 um operations and recoveries are amazing these days and yes i do but until i've seen my baby not not yet do you know what i mean i I need to just know what i'm dealing with first but gosh yeah and the conversations have just been brilliant so if you've messaged me if you've messaged the podcast thank you so much it's just knowing that there's other people out there so many people that have been through it and that it's yeah. you know because it is I imagine it does feel well it's like with miscarriage and fertility treatment you, it is isolating and you feel alone and you're searching for these you know people but you also don't want to talk about it publicly because it is hard to talk about but as soon as you do it's so wonderful you know the sort of human spirit when when you're going through things like this is, is really amazing and um you know if you are going through it go and have a look at the post on Instagram and you can just see other people's comments and reactions yeah. and support and you know their experiences and their babies that have been through it and it was yeah I found it really emotional so well You're done right. everyone when you go through anything like anything that's a shock or scary or you know not as you expected you can feel isolated and you put yourself in this like your mind puts yourself in this place where you go why me why is this happening to me? And then actually you realise, well, it's not just happening to me. It's happening to loads of people and they're all doing great. So I'll be fine. Oh, it's just so reassuring. Definitely. And uh, obviously later on in this episode, we're going to be catching up with mid- midwife Marley, uh, who if you follow her on Instagram, she's so brilliant. She does some great videos. But uh, we're going to be talking more about 20-week scan, uh, any other problems that can arise and, and uh, load of your questions as well. So if you submitted them, then stay where you are because that will be coming up. A little bit later, um, something else <laughs> happened this week, which is quite a surprise. I have, you know, I've mentioned this before and I feel like midwives have mentioned it and they just kind of go, yeah, maybe. I don't know if it's a thing, but I definitely had another growth spurt, like a yeah. massive growth spurt because I know when it's happening because I physically can barely move because my body is, <laughs> I just look in the mirror and I can see it. Mm-hmm. And um, it really, <laughs> I really noticed it on Saturday because I went to go for a nice little swim Saturday morning after work. And as I put my swimming cosy on, it did not cover my chest anymore. <laughs> Literally, it came, just came up below my boobs. I was like, I don't think I can go for a swim with my tits out. So, <laughs> but then I thought, well, hang on a minute. Bloody hell, how much of a great, I've got to be able to squeeze them in. So I did some shuffling and I tried to yank it up and I tried to squeeze them in and then the strap snapped, literally snapped. (laughs) And I was like, wow, that's, that is a sign. So I've, (laughs) you know, and I thought, well, what am I going to do? I can't go swimming half naked. So I went and had a a lovely breakfast on my own (laughs) and it was delicious. And I thought, well, you know, I tried, I did my best, but that's my body telling me, uh, no, I have got another maternity swimwear costume. I should have taken that, but... Yeah, so that's definitely, I've definitely, yeah, well, like I say, I look like the penguin, so. The, well, the boob growth, to me, I found harder to deal with than the bump growth, if I'm honest. But that's... my, do you know what, I'm, do you know what? My boobs haven't grown much, which is weird. My bump wow. has. Wow. But my boobs, I mean, they've had moments where they've been bigger, but they've sort of deflated now. They've not, not well, they're just how they were, which is, I've been quite surprised by, actually. And someone pointed out to me the other day, your boobs haven't grown much. And I was like, oh. No, they've not really, have they? Which is oh, which is weird, it. but I think they will when the milk comes in, hopefully. 
Yeah, I think my my milk is in. I'm getting is like it? residue. Yeah, yeah, it's it's oh, amazing it's, actually. See, I read about that, and I've not had that, so I'm worried now that I don't make it, which is weird no. because I'm having approximately four bowls of cereal a day. So surely I'm full of milk. <laughs> no, my friend said as well. She was like, after she gave birth, um, she said to her midwife because the midwife was like, well, try and breastfeed him. And she was like, my milk's definitely not come in. Like my boobs haven't grown. I've got no sign of it. And the midwife went, nope, come here and like put a hand and pushed. And there it was. So it'll be there. Don't you worry. I might (laughs) try it later. Oh no. Um, Yeah. The one thing I've been concerned about with swimming, because you said swimming is really good. You feel really like floaty and weightless. Mm. I, I know we spoke about this on the last episode, so there's no need to go into too much detail right now. But the reason I've not, gone swimming is because how are you getting around the bikini line uh i just go in i just go in blind i've just been oh, i can't do uh, to it. be quite honest with you jenny <laughs> i don't care <laughs> do you know it was a, it was sort of a consider uh, to be honest I, uh, yeah there's not a lot of yeah i've just been going in blind anyway so it is pretty you know it's not like there's a forest down there um but i mean <laughs> mine i think because the bump's so big anyway i mean without being graphic doesn't go massively outside of the bikini line anyway well it does a bit but you know like that's quite easy to manage no if you got a swimming cozy on um and then the bumps over the top of it i can't see it so i feel like no one else can (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah you don't i used to be concerned about you know like the rash afterwards and i'd give anything for that rash now do you know what i mean like that that's no biggie no one likes to wrap. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. So I just trim around the edges and uh, okay. you just have a look. Whack your cosy on. But I honestly think your bump takes up space. So I don't know. Yeah, I've just not really not really thought about it. Maybe I should. People might, <laughs> no. People might be talking about me at the swimming baths, but, um, you know. <laughs> no, there's no rule to say. I mean, there's no heavy petting. There's no bombing. There's no pubes. Do you know what I mean? That's no, not exactly. You can't. Yeah. yeah. Like men have hair all over them and no one tells them to go off and shave. So Exactly. You probably should have been able to get your nipples out too because men do that as well, don't yeah. they? So it's a shame you That's couldn't. That's a very good point. Yeah. That would look weird, <laughs> wouldn't it? A swimming costume that just, <laughs> that only fits below the boobs. Just to make a point. That is a look. That is a look. Um, I've been trying not to think about it um, for the last few weeks because I got sick of it everyone asking and just thinking about it myself but baby names I know you're done Jenny yeah and you've picked yours and I'm really envious of that I like I've just been like I just need to ignore it because here's the thing there's one name that keeps coming back to me constantly mm-hmm. and I've said to Kenny it's the only name that I, I just feel like it's it's the name but I haven't told anyone it I, I don't know anyone with it which makes me think it's I don't think it's massively unusual although Kenny said last night it would be okay if they were famous and I was like oh no that makes me think it's really wanky um mm-hmm. but I'm just really worried like I want it I like it and I don't really care if people don't like it but I don't want them to look stupid so right I'm I don't know how to navigate this I've, I'm like I'm just gonna wait till the baby's here maybe start using it I have started using it a little bit to the bump but Kenny grimaces a little bit um <laughs> so I don't know. I've got a long list, but they're all names that I'm like, yeah, maybe. They're just not quite hitting. Here's what the thing. Th- like, Because uh, our name is a little bit out there. Like, yeah. I've heard it before. I don't actually know someone, but I've heard it. Um, 
But I think if you give a kid a slightly unusual name, they kind of live up to that. So like if you've got in like my friend, she's a teacher and she said in her school, she's got this kid and she just adores him and his name's Spike. And she says, you know, he was never going to not be Spike, you know, yeah. like even Such if he's a, great name. a quiet lad, it's like, ooh, quiet Spike. Like you don't have to be this big personality, but I, I do think, and like we work in radio, right? And sometimes like, if we get texts coming in and we try and read them all out, of course. But if someone's got an unusual name, I'm going to that text and reading that out because it jumps yeah, out. I, I just suppose. think it's a good, it, it's good. Do it for you. Do it because you like the name, like you say, not because you think other people might not. They'll come round. No, it's not other people. It's the child that I'm worried about. I'm worried about they go to school and people are like, what is that name? They'll come round. I don't <laughs> want them to. <laughs> well, I thought if I give them a, a, a you know, a normal middle name, then they've got the option to use that. What does Kenny think? Like, do you and Kenny agree a lot on names? No, he's ridiculous. <laughs> um, the other day he suggested a name and it was partly named after a Chelsea footballer. And I said, no. Um, okay. And that's not a clue. You're thinking, oh, that's obviously a boy. No, it's a, it could go either way. Yeah. Um, so it's a weird name. And I was like, no. And he was like, it's a great name. And I was like, no, it's not. And um, so that was vetoed. What did he come up with? Oh, then he does stupid things where we're sat there and he'll literally look around the room and like last night he saw a cactus and he went, cactus. And I was like, oh, oh. shut up. He's just being silly about it. And I'm like, please take it seriously because we really are counting down the weeks now. He's not a yeah. big fan of my main name. Um, so I don't, I don't know what will happen, but I've got a long list, but he doesn't. Oh, have you tried that app? Because we tried... It's it's not called, it's like Tinder but it's called oh this is really yes. annoying that I can't remember and <laughs> yeah. you swipe right on the ones you I mean you sync up with your partner and if you have a match on the same names but like with Christian it was just he only liked Christian and Chris <laughs> so I was like no come on take this seriously and it's really annoying because you're like I need this is our yeah. child's name I need yeah. you to take this seriously that is that is ridiculous I don't know what's wrong with them but yeah so we're still working on that I um. Someone asked me the other day if I'd be revealing the gender, and I I might do on on a future episode. I'm still I still like that we've got a little bit of it just to us. Although, so my friends threw me a um, baby lunch at the weekend, oh. which was so. Do you know what? Because I you know we talked about baby showers, and I was like, oh, I just don't fancy loads of people turning up and just me. I don't know doing games, and you know you didn't do that. You did. Did we talk about what? I think we talked about what you did, didn't we? Was that last episode? I don't think we have. No, I, so I did like Should an alternative. S- did I? Maybe I did a baby blessing, which is an alternative. It's like a celebration of you and the baby, but also like your sisterhood who are supporting you through it, and it's it's quite spiritual and cool. I preferred that to like let's sniff a nappy. Yeah, I just games absolutely not, and I just thought <laughs> no, I just I can't be bothered to organise it. Anyway, so a couple of I was just going to go for lunch with a couple of mates at the weekend, and then when I got there, they walked me to the table, and there was like a group of my friends. It's only about seven of us, something like that. But my Aww. closest mates, who all live all over the country, and I was absolutely, I was in tears. I was so flabbergasted, and it was the loveliest thing ever. And they got me gifts. Uh, then they got drunk, and I just had a lovely time. And um, <laughs> and it was perfect. You know, it was just a lunch, just seeing my friends, catching up, and it was absolutely like so. God, surprises are amazing. So if you know someone who doesn't want a baby shower, maybe don't do a baby shower, but a nice surprise lunch like that. Because I like a nice lunch. I was like, I'd rather yeah, do that than yeah. sit around and eat cupcakes and smell, you know, chocolate smeared nappies. So um, yeah, it was. Like <laughs> so it was really. 
That was really good. But what happened was I, I posted some pictures and one of the pictures on my Instagram, you've got to look very closely, but you can see on one of the cards that they've given me the the gender. Oh, right. So Is it still on there say. now? I want to have a look. Is it still yeah, on maybe there? Maybe I should delete it, yeah. I mean, you, you've kind of just said, like, where's, basically... where's Wally? It is where I've wallied it, so, <laughs> yeah. But um, <clears throat> anyway, so that happened. But no, I'll probably reveal at some point, but we'll... Uh, We'll see. I've got, oh, I've got my first antenatal class tonight. Oh, good. How do you feel yeah. about that? Yeah, good. They're only, it's two hours long um, and you get free biscuits. So I thought, well, that sounds, just <laughs> oh say you get free biscuits. And it even pointed out they're individually wrapped because of COVID. <laughs> wow. Oh, but yeah. that is lovely. Yeah, isn't it? So I'm looking, for, yeah, I'm quite looking forward to it, really. Uh Oh, Everyone I'm... goes, oh, they're really good. You go and make friends. I don't, I don't feel like I need to make... I know that sounds really horrible. <laughs> but everyone's like, oh, you need the people at your antenatal classes. And I'm like, do I? I don't know. Yeah, I suppose we're, we're lucky, though, because we're going through this together. And I've also got another friend who's literally having a baby this week. And, and I suppose if you don't have anyone, that actually... Yeah, that might be quite isolating, actually. I'm really intrigued to see how you deal with this because I think you're similar to me in social situations. And we've started out as are on Zoom. And uh, we've we skied the last one because it's it's not the people that are there with us. Some of them are some of them are great. Others you're like, we'd never meet in real life. You know, like yeah, we're we not going to be honest, Jenny. We would not be friends. Yeah, okay? that's it. That's right. Yeah. yeah, but some people are great. But it, yeah. it, it, for us, because we did hypnobirthing as well, and we really really loved that, and that worked for us. These antenatal classes that we've signed up for are quite old school I don't think yours will be the same but ours are very old school and I've left a few of the classes feeling like more terrified than empowered and I like really not liked it so we, we're starting to be those little rebels that kind of like skive a little bit yeah well this isn't called antenatal it does claim to be more modern it's called bump and baby and I did notice that one it was cheaper than all the antenatals and it was also a lot shorter because there's no we had friends who went to one they were like oh it was like four or five hours I was thinking like, I have the attention span of a gnat <laughs> I'm not going to sit through that. And also, that's half my day. Some of them were like on a Sunday for like half a day, for, like four or five times. I was like, are you joking? Yeah. These are two hours. It's like seven till nine in the evening. There's five sessions. We're going to miss next week's anyway because we'll be on holiday. So um, we'll only have to do four. <laughs> You're already, um, you already yeah. just like me and Christian. Yeah. yeah our, um, we've got a, a breastfeeding class that's in a few weeks. And that one is four hours. And... I'm already like, I don't know if I'll be able to breastfeed no. if my baby's got a cleft palate. So that's not, and they don't really target it for specifics. The one I'm on, like there's, Why there's would a you put yourself through that one. I'm not going to do it. So I'm going to no. scare that one. But there's a couple like, they're having twins on our class. And we did a whole thing on the birth. And oh my gosh, it was horrific. It was terrifying, actually. I really hated that week. And it doesn't need to be. Hypnobirthing mm. makes you feel great. This yeah. was horrible. Um, and nothing was about twins. So she sat there throughout this terrifying two hours of like real old school stuff thinking none of this is relevant to me. And I was, I was thinking for the love of God, just hang up, just go and have your tea. Yeah. <laughs> just, this isn't for you. Yeah. Anything. I'm, I'm in quite a positive mind space about the birth and things I've read. And I think mm. we've been similar in reading. We follow a lot of positive birth groups and hypnobirthing yes. and all that kind of stuff. And it's all, it's all engineered to make you feel 
you know positive about the birth so yeah. if if it's remotely like that I'm not going I won't go again but I've got a feeling I think it is a little bit more or I'm hoping it's a bit more modern but we'll see we'll see we'll uh, I'll debrief next week how I, I get on wait I can't wait to hear how you get on <sighs> dear. and what the so, biscuits um, are like oh yeah I'm thinking I don't know what kind of, I'm Wagon with biscuits no, with biscuits, I'm quite traditional. I'm happy for custard creams and some bourbons, really, with a tea. But how they don't come individually wrapped. You're not getting them, Amy. Oh, no, you can get the custard creams sometimes in three packs individually wrapped, oh. can't you? If you buy them in bulk, if you go to Costco or something. What are we talking about? <laughs> I don't know, but now I really want a tonic tea cake. I bet you... Oh, that's not, <laughs> that's not a biscuit, Jenny. It's, I don't care. I'm a, I want one. What do you call it? But it's not a chocolate bar. So what do you call it? Cake? No. It's not marshmallow. cake. It isn't cake. Bl- oh, they're bloody good. We have those at work, individually wrapped. Yeah, interesting. Mm. Well, this is t- maybe a Twix, but that's a chocolate bar, not a biscuit. I think we're all going to be very excited. Hedge your bets. What biscuits will be at my... Oh, what? Wait. These in- Individually wrapped bris- biscuits. The what? A gold bar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or a club biscuit. Oh, yeah, sure. They do mint, wrapped. orange, plain. Yeah. Could be. I mean, I'm on pins and needles to find out next week. Pins and needles. That's, <laughs> that's not the phrase, Can't wait. Pins and needles is when you lose sensation in your hand. Oh, what's you the know? saying? Tenterhooks. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, and on that bombshell... Let's move on to our guest this week, who is an expert. I, I don't know where she is at with biscuits. Um, <laughs> Let's, that'll be our first question. What's your favourite biscuit? <laughs> oh, for goodness sake. Let's move on. Here is our chat with midwife Marley. Can't wait. I can't wait till tonight. Can't wait to tell you next week. Hey. <laughs> Hi, Marley. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I've got to say, Marley, your Instagram videos are so brilliant because, you know, for Jenny and I, I don't know about you, Jenny, but I'm reading, I've read like a book, but I'm really bad at finishing books. There's a hypnobirthing course I was meant to finish and I've still not finished it. And, but I find (laughs) Instagram videos so brilliant because I watch them and I absorb it because they're so short and then I save them all. So I feel like when I go into labor, I'm just going to be thumbing through my videos that I've saved just like right I need to remember to do that but it's so useful that's exactly what I do because I've been given like a stack of books from friends who have just had kids and I've never read a book or finished a book in my life and I'm not going to start now so yeah your videos Marley I'm exactly the same they are all saved ready to go (laughs) (laughs) oh well I'm glad you find them useful I really do I think I think it can be quite overwhelming can't it when you're when you're having a baby because there's so much information to take in and some of the I mean, even some of the pregnancy books out there are um, are great, but they're just so big and so like packed full of information that it's it can be hard to digest it all. So, yeah, just trying to do something visually for me, I just find that it's a good way to kind of try to get messages across. Yeah, definitely. One um, we were we were just talking about before we came on, because we're actually and we're talking about twenty weeks, but Jenny and I are now thirty three, thirty four weeks. And we're at the stage where we need to start the perineal massage, which is quite a new thing for us. And um, we have been getting a bit confused. <laughs> Jenny, you actually attempted it, didn't you? But you don't know if you're getting the right bit. And you're like, oh, my God, this is... What am I doing? Yeah, that's one that... Um, 
and you definitely need the visual. You need the videos like what you provide because I did have a go at it and I think I did it all wrong. And it, it, I guess until you've done it a couple of times, it's never going to feel, you know, super straightforward. It's funny because um, I put I put that, that same video on TikTok and the the amount of people that commented saying, oh my gosh, I thought you were supposed to just massage from the outside. Yeah, and, that's what I thought. I mean, the first time I... The first time I <laughs> Well, first time I recorded the video, um, I put it on uh, YouTube, but it was it was a totally different video. So it was before I had that model, um, and I I thought, how am I going to how am I going to do this? So I I, cre- I created this cardboard vulva, <laughs> and wow. it just it's still up on YouTube. It's hideous. It really is hideous. Um, and I was just trying to kind of demonstrate how to do it with this cardboard cut cutout that I made myself. Um, I was so childlike. And then, um, and even that video, people were like, oh, yeah, I really get it now. I really get it. But, yeah, I think doing it on, a, on an actual model, um, you, can, you can see. You can see how to do it and what it's all about. So I, I think it just makes it a bit easier to, to digest. Dare we even ask yeah. where you found yeah. the model? I mean, probably in the depths of Amazon or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, I found it online somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Blimey. But no, it is. But it, it does apparently make a big difference, doesn't it? Every, everything I read is like, it will make a difference. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the, well, most of the information, in fact, almost all of the information I share is um, is, is evidence-based. I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm, I've got five children, children myself, so occasionally I will talk about my experiences, but I'll always make sure people understand that it's just my personal experience and doesn't apply to everybody else. So everything I um, recommend would be backed by evidence and research, you know. Um, and if it's not, then I would clearly state that there's actually not much evidence for this, but, you know, anecdotal reports say that blah, blah, blah. So this particular... Um, thing you know with the perineal massage there are studies that have shown that it can well that it has benefits I mean one particular um review of 11 different studies concluded that it's it it, it, doing perineal massage in the last few weeks of pregnancy significantly reduced significantly reduced the risk of of getting perineal tears or or having an episiotomy which is the the cut to the perineum so so yeah so I mean and, and the thing is it's worth a try isn't it yeah you know. Yes. Yeah. Those two and, words you just said, tear and episiotomy, make make my toes curl. So <laughs> yeah. I'll try anything, Marley. I yeah. Really and, and and also, you know, there will be. There's always going to be someone who says, "Yeah, we, but I did it and I still had a tear." You know, and it's a bit like you know, it's there's there's risk risk with everything in life. Um, and by saying reduce the risk doesn't mean totally re- remove the risk altogether. Yeah. It just says reduce it. And then I will always say, well. Someone who says to me, "Well, I still ended up with a first degree tear or second degree, t- degree tear, which are the less um, severe ones," and I and I would always say, "But perhaps if you hadn't done the perineal massage, who knows? You may well have had a more um, severe tear. So you just don't know. Yeah. So I, I think it's always worth a try if you, if if you can. Absolutely. Um, so on our last episode, Marley, we were talking about the twenty week scan and the uh, anxiety that can come with it. For me, at the twenty week scan, it was a really scary one because we found out that our baby boy has a cleft lip. Um, so it was totally unexpected and a shock. And um, we were kind of talking about how a lot of people sort of go into the 20-week scan just thinking it's the gender scan. Mm. And it's going to be this just amazing moment where you find out what gender you're having. But it's so much more than that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the the 20-week the or the anomaly scan that we call it, which is done anywhere between um, 18 and 22 weeks, 
is actually, um, like you say, much more than just checking the gender. Um, you know, it's, it's at a time when the gender can usually be seen. So if somebody if somebody wants to ask what the gender is, then, you know, um, or, or what the sex is, rather, um, then they can do that at that stage. Um, but the purpose, the real purpose of the scan is to check for structural um, anomalies. So just making sure that baby, everything's in place, that there's two, two um, sections of the brain, um, that all the you know, parts of the heart are in the right place, that the heart itself is in the right place. It checks you know, internal structures um, such as the, 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 the kidneys and the bladder and just to make sure that, you know, and, and the face, um, obviously, that, that you already know, Jenny. Um, so just to kind of make sure that there isn't anything um, unusual on the, you know, with the baby. And if there is, that it can be um, documented um, and, you know, so that the paediatricians know when the baby's born, if there are any issues and the baby may, may need um, treatment or anything like that. So it is quite a big scan and it takes, I think it takes usually about up to half an hour to complete. So, yeah, it is a big one. And it's also looking at um, the placenta too, isn't it? Because for me, as well as finding out the cleft lip diagnosis, I was told I had, I think it's very common, like a low laying placenta. I can't remember the actual term Mm. for it. Low lying placenta. Yeah. Yeah. So the placenta, um, usually when it implants, it implants um, towards the top of the uterus and that's purely because you know you, you've got the fallopian tubes which are attached to the to the top of the uterus and as soon as the fertilized egg um kind of falls into the uterus it will try to attach as quick you know as, as, as closely as possible as it, as it can to the top part um but you know occasionally it's going to fall down a bit lower and if the placenta if the placenta is attached too low then it could be quite close to the cervix which is the opening um of the uterus and if the placenta covers the opening, then obviously the baby can't come out through the vagina. So that's something that um, that if there is a low-lying placenta that has to be kind of monitored through pregnancy. Um, occasionally, the uterus grows and um, and the placenta the placenta doesn't actually doesn't physically move, but um, the gap between the placenta and the cervix can kind of get a bit bigger, um, meaning that there isn't so much of an issue with giving birth. But sometimes, you know, it is too close or it's covering the cervix and a cesarean um, section may be required. So, yeah, it, it, it looks at everything possible, really, to, um, to you know, identify if there are any issues with, with the baby and just the, just the structures in general. Yeah, because my friend has had that journey, a low-line placenta, and she's literally now scheduled for a C-section this week. Um, but yours has moved, hasn't it? But you were just saying as well earlier to me that you know, if you're still unsure, can you have an elective C-section if you're, you're worried about it or will they make the call? Ultimately, um, ultimately, the, the decision to, with regards to the mode of birth, you know, whether you have a vaginal birth or whether you have a cesarean is, is totally down to the person giving birth, you know, um, whatever the reason, even if there isn't a medical reason, somebody still has the right to request a cesarean section. Um, in the in the case of that happening, um, the, the doctor, the obstetrician, um, the obstetric doctor or midwife will sit down and go through all the, you know, the reasons why you want to do it, um, what your concerns are, what your worries are, um, and the risks and the benefits of both forms of, of, of giving birth. So, um, and I think by giving all of that, by giving all of that information, that will then help the, the person giving birth to 
make an informed decision for themselves, really. Um, and it's about trying to kind of make sure that they get all the information across um, in, a, in an evidence-based manner before that person you know, decides which way they want to go with things. I've been quite overwhelmed, actually, with how helpful things have been, because obviously we had the cleft diagnosis and then the low-lying placenta. And like Amy says, since that, I've had a scan recently where my placenta's now gone from low to high. <laughs> so mm. it's, it's, I've been told I can hopefully have a natural birth. Um, but yeah, it, it, the help is amazing. Because I know a lot of people might be listening to this and thinking, feeling nervous about their 20-week scan. But I think what's important is if anything comes up, the help and the attention and the care you get is so amazing. I've not been left alone for a second by my consultant. She's constantly, I don't need another scan, but she wants to do me another scan just before, I think about 35 weeks, 36 weeks, because she's, she knows I'm quite interested in a home birth. And she's like, well, we'll go, we'll look at exactly where you're at. We'll go through the pros and cons. We'll support whatever your decision is. Mm. So I think that's the comforting thing here, isn't it? That A, you need to know at 20 weeks what you're dealing with. And B, you will be so looked after if anything is to come up. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I always say to people, um, don't be afraid to ask questions as well. You know, um, regardless of whether you... Uh, have an, an uneventful pregnancy and anything seems straightforward or whether your pregnancy is more is more complex don't feel afraid to ask ask um as many questions as you want to ask uh, because they're there to support you and they're there to you know um ease your concerns and because what tends to happen obviously i'm on social media quite a bit and the amount of people who I mean unfortunately you know my, my DMs are, um, are, are backed up to the nines and I can't sit there all day and answer everybody's personal um, pregnancy questions because I just get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds so um, but when I used to kind of flick through them I would often see oh you know I went to see my um, midwife or my doctor and this 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 and this and you know I'm not sure what this means and um, and my answer would be you need to ask you need to ask them. So when you're there, when the midwife or the doctor is, is saying something to you, if you don't understand what it means, just say, well, I don't understand what it means. What does it mean? And, and what implications? Don't worry about, oh, I don't want to kind of um, use up their time or I'm wasting their time. If you want to ask them something, ask them there and then. Because there's, it's, it's too often that people will leave the um, midwife or the doctor's office and be thinking, what was that all about? <laughs> you know, and just not have a clue. And um, and perhaps it's perhaps, you know, we can say, well, it's really it is down to the, the, the healthcare professionals to explain everything to them in detail, which absolutely it, it is. Um, but all too often that doesn't happen. And then they just come away feeling like, oh, you know, um, what, what went on there? So I would say ask, ask as many questions as you, as you can. Um, and ultimately, all decisions will, will have to kind of lie in your hand. And another question I get asked a lot is, you know, what would you do? What should I do? Should I do this or should I do that? And that's it's like, oh, well, I can't make that decision for you. All I can say is, well, here's the risks. Here's the benefits. You know, now you have to go away and make up your mind as to what you want to do um, and discuss it with your partner or your family or, or whatever to kind of help you um, to digest and process all of that information, you know. But yeah, no, it's true that they, 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 they are there to kind of help and to guide you along the way if there are any um, issues that are, that are detected, especially from the, from the 20-week scan. Something that I've done, um, well, my fiancé has done, because he knows I'll get all the information, like you say, from, from our consultant, who's amazing. 
But then I go away and with my anxious mind, I still catastrophize everything. And I'll go, but what about this? And my fiance's like, she literally told you that's not going to happen. But my <laughs> mind just goes to the worst. So I've started mm. actually like recording things. Well, my fiance has, so he can play it back to me and say, look, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it can be such an anxious time. It really can um, when you're pregnant. Are you having your first babies? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, especially when it's your first, because you just don't know. You just mm. haven't, you just don't know what kind of territory you're entering at all. Um, yeah. And yeah, it can be, it can be quite anxious, an anxious time. And usually by the time you've, when you've had your first and um, if everything's been straightforward with the, with the birth and everything, when you come around to having your second baby, it's, it tends not to be such an anxious time, you know, because you know what to, you know, you know what kind of things to expect. I find that the closer I'm getting, the less inf- the less I'm thinking about it or even... I, it's almost like, oh, no, I'll deal with that later. Well, I was really absorbed in all the birthing methods quite early on and now I'm like, no, it's, it's, I'm almost at an ignorance is bliss stage, which I don't think is probably very good because <laughs> I do want to be prepared. But I'm like, oh, I'll do that in a few weeks. And then I'm like, I'm running out of weeks now. <laughs> but I don't know, because I, I, I keep having Marley this, um, this dream where, um, like... I basically wake in the night, I'm going to the hospital and nothing's prepared because, you know, I have still got six weeks, six or seven weeks. And mm. if that was the case, would you, you know, if, if I went into labour now and didn't know a lot and went into hospital, I mean, obviously everything would be okay, they'd tell you, but would you, you know, it, it is obviously better to be on with all the information, but would you be okay just going in like that? They'd just talk you through it and get it out and you would be okay. Well, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, yeah. I mean, ultimately, um, if you went into preterm labour, I mean, things would be a little bit different anyway because your baby's um, a lot sm- a lot smaller. Um, one of the things that I do, um, especially in like in my book, I've got I have a section about what happens if your baby is what happens if you go into labour early and your baby's premature and the neonatal unit because that's another thing, you know. We don't expect to have babies early and it can be really overwhelming when all of a sudden you go in, um, you give birth and you've, you've perhaps been expecting things to be a little bit different and there's people everywhere and your baby's then taken off to the NICU and they've got wires hanging out of them and it can be, it can be quite a, a, a shock. And I, I do, my suggestion would be to, from, from say the third trimester, to start kind of you know, reading a couple of books, perhaps, maybe take an antenatal course, um, just to try and get as much information as possible so that if something like that d- does happen, that you are prepared mm. for um, for not only labour, but for what can happen afterwards as well to, you know, with, with the baby. So, um, but ultimately, of course, if you haven't, if you've been totally blind to everything and you haven't bothered kind of, you know, um, kind of looking into things a bit deeper then yes you will get you will be looked after you know you will be looked after but it's, it's always better to be informed because then if you are offered something um simple thing a uh, simple example if you're offered a, 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 a pain relief if you haven't learned about the difference between gas and air and opiates and epidurals and if you don't understand what the risks and the benefits are then you're gonna have to go through all of that at the time you know, you're going to be asking, well, what's that? What, you know, what, what does this do? And it is better to know before you go in what all the options are um, and what they mean. On that, with things like the birth plan, because um, I'm hoping to have a home birth, but obviously at the moment where I live, they're, they're not happening as much as 
uh, you'd like. So then there's the chance I'd go into hospital and then there's always the chance of a C-section. Do you think, because I'm looking at writing like birth plans this week, Mm. Would you do three, like one for home, one for hospital, one for C-section? Um, I don't know if it's necessary to write three different birth plans, but um, what I would perhaps do is just do one one birth plan for everything that you want to happen. And then perhaps at the end of that, then just write, you know, if for any reason... Um, I need to have a cesarean section, then this is what I'd like to happen. You know, um, as, as simple as that. Because, I mean, like at, at home, for example, if you're having a home birth, you're anticipating something quite straightforward, which is the same as what you'd want if you went into hospital, mm. you know. Um, the only difference being really at home is that you wouldn't have access to an epidural. Yeah. You know, that's, that is re- that's really the main difference. Um, there isn't the same intervention at home as what there is in a hospital i don't know if you've got a birthing center near you um but that is kind of a midway point as well that some people decide to 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 go for a birth center so again things like epidurals aren't available in birth centers um but if they're attached to a hospital then if something um you know if a cesarean is indicated or an assisted birth or if somebody wants to have an epidural in the end they can get transferred over there so that's something else to consider but yeah i mean i, I don't think you need to go as, as far as writing three separate birth plans but just pa- perhaps do like an appendix on the end of your your official one um uh you know if in the circumstance of x this is what i would like um and just yeah i think that that that, that would be the simple way to do it that's good to know because I was a bit overwhelmed thinking I've got to do three of these. No, I'm overwhelmed no. that you're physically writing down a birth plan. I've just got an idea in my head, and I'm like, I'll just tell them when I get there. Right? <laughs> do you have to write something down? Yeah, what if you laminated you it or to. something? You don't, you, don't, you don't have to write a birth plan if you don't want to. I mean, I, I always think it's good to, to get your ideas out, and not necessarily. Obviously, for the for the person who's with you, um, whilst you're you know helping you to to have your baby and so we're supporting you to have your baby the midwife or doctor or whoever's there but if you've got a birth partner with you um whether that's you know your friend whether that's your husband partner whatever um then it it, it helps them to know what you what you're hoping for as well Mm. so that when you're in the throes of labor um and perhaps you can't focus and concentrate and you're in that vulnerable state because often when people are in that vulnerable state Whatever they've wanted in their birth plan often just goes out the window. And they're just like, whatever, whatever, whatever. But if your birth partner knows what you want and what you don't want, then then they can use their voice as well. And I'll give you an example of that. So with my last baby, who was born three years ago, um, so I knew I didn't want an epidural. I never, never have done. Um, the only time I had an epidural was when I had a cesarean with my twins, um, which was my second my second pregnancy so um i knew i didn't want an epidural um and uh for for my my own reasons and but i knew that having given birth naturally before several times i always get to a point where i start asking for an epidural you know lots of people do because you get to a point called transition which is when you you're literally you're at that point where you you've had enough you want to go home you're done I've had enough, just cut the baby out of me, pull it out, whatever. Um, and as midwives, we're like, ah, oh, she's in transition now, which means she's right at the end of her labour. She's about to give birth now. And the baby, yeah, she's probably nearly fully dilated or maybe she's fully dilated and the baby's going to come. And I know that every time I get to that point, I start going, I want an epidural, give me the epidural now, give me the epidural. But I don't really mean that. And I know that I don't mean it. 
Okay, and I don't want that. So my partner knows that I don't want that. <laughs> so with my last baby, and he knew that I didn't want that. And actually the midwife, I said to her when I got there, if I start asking for an epidural at, you know, whatever, I said, please just, just try and don't give me one. I don't, I don't want one. So she's like, okay. And of course I got to transition and I started shouting for an epidural. And um, my partner said to me, Marley, you know, you don't want one, do you? And I said, I know I don't, but just give me one. And I was, you know, shouting and screaming. And then the midwife sort of looks at me and she said, no, Marley, you don't want one. You said you don't want one. And, um, and they literally encouraged me to get through the next 15 minutes. And then I gave birth, you know, but because my partner knew what I wanted and what I didn't want, he was then able to kind of um, help to voice. And some people might say, yeah, but what about if you do really want one? And what about if you change your mind? Then what are you going to do? So we agreed that if I asked more than 10 times <laughs> for an epidural over a 20-minute period, then I would get one, right? But obviously it didn't come to that. So it's, so it's basically having that, um, using your birth plan as perhaps uh, a way of your birth partner knowing what you want as well and, and, and working with you so that they can support you when you're, you're in your most vulnerable, vulnerable time. And a lot of things will t- totally fly out of your mind because all you're concentrating on is, is the birth and... Um, and, and trying to get through that. And how, so, how sorry, great is that to know that when it gets to that point and you're in transition, I wouldn't have known that I'm near the end, but now you say that, that surely can help spur you on too because it's incredibly hard, but you know you're nearly there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, in the case of a straightforward birth, that is usually the case. I mean, you know, occasionally you, you have situations where the baby's lying in the wrong position so you know if a baby is back to back for example so the baby's spine is running along your spine I know those kind of labors can be a lot more painful um they can go on for a lot longer so there are some situations where a woman might start saying I can't bear this anymore I, I need an epidural or whatever and she's not in transition she's literally um really uncomfortable because of the way the baby's lying so but in the case of a straightforward birth where the baby's in the right position everything's going normally um then in most of those cases, when a woman gets to that point um, of saying she's going to get up and go out the door and she's going to go home and, you know, please cut it out of me and the rest of it, that usually means the baby is about to come, <laughs> about to come out. So it's, it's always good to know. And again, that's something that, I, that I've written about um, uh, in, in my book. It's really important to understand transition because it can be really scary to birth partners as well. If you're standing there watching your loved one and suddenly, you know, a few hours ago, they were just a normal kind of talking person. And now they're this, this person who is just um, really uncomfortable and, and you can't take that discomfort away from them. It can be really scary. But if you, if a birth partner has a bit of an understanding of, about birth as well, then they'll be like, oh yeah, I know, that's, that's transition. She's okay. I'm just going to keep supporting her rather than being scared that, you know, something awful is happening, which, 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 does, um, which does happen, you know, in terms of like partners, they do, some of them do tend to think, think that there is something bad happening because of the way that their, their partner is responding to labour. When actually there's not, it's just normal. It's funny you mention that because my friend, we were talking about her birth at the weekend and she, had, she told me almost word for word what you just said, that she got to that point and I'd read it in a book somewhere, it's called The Wobble or something, and it's where you're like, no, nah, I'm done. <laughs> and she gave birth minutes later. And it's so, now, but yeah. now I'm armed with that, I'm going to be like, right, okay. It's a bit like when people do marathons mm. and they say you reach a certain point where you're like, no, I'm done, I can't go on. And then you just push through and then you're done. So, I think it's yeah, 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 it's, it, it's, yeah, it's, um, I think labour and birth, it really does, it does test you. 
you know it really really does test you and you and you do get to that point where you think oh my goodness you know um but the, the, you know there are there are techniques that can help you get through that you know things like hypnobirthing can certainly hypnobirthing doesn't take pain away it doesn't make pain go away mm. what it does is it, it gives you tools to help get through it and get through each and, and remembering that you know each contraction it comes and it goes. So you have a minute or two's grace before another one comes. And it's just helping you to kind of get through um, each one to to prepare for the birth, really. Yeah, someone said to me, it's like when, when your contraction gets really, really bad, like at its peak, you can take comfort in the fact that it's about to now come down. Yeah. Because it's got there, so you're about to go back down. It's stuff like that, isn't it? Mm-hmm, yeah. And that's why a lot of people look at them like waves. You know, it does, it takes a while to build up and then it gets to a peak and it's at the peak for seconds, you know. It might feel like it's longer than seconds, but it's, just, it's seconds. And then that peak starts to come down. And, you know, it's saying things to yourself, like, I can do anything for 10 seconds just to kind of get through to that one. And then, you know, obviously, then the next one will come, the next one will come. And then before you know it, if you've been using these techniques, you know, breathing and visualisations and um, affirmations, before you know it, you've got through your labour. And the amount of women that I've worked with that look back and they're like you know I did it <laughs> I actually got through it and you know um that was great um yeah it's, it, it, it's quite unbelievable really well we've had some questions in um Marley a lot of these are around the sort of 20 weeks um Harriet says at 20 weeks I became extremely anxious as I was getting pains in my side I got a lot of these actually I've been told these are round ligament pains what are they exactly and when should you be concerned hmm yeah, it's, it's really common. It's, um, <laughs> I, I was saying to somebody a few months ago that um, almost everyone that came in, because I used to run an antenatal clinic when I, when I was working as a community midwife, and almost everyone that came for their 16-week appointment, which is the one after the follow the booking appointment, almost everybody was complaining of this pain on either side. So if you think the uterus is like a ball of muscle, and then you've got the fallopian tubes which come out of the top, and then if the, if the uterus didn't have any ligaments to keep it in place, it would be wobbling around in your, in your abdomen. So it has these two ligaments kind of coming out from the side of it that attach to the rest of your body that prevent the, the uterus from, from falling out and you know, going in all sorts of funny directions. So if you think the uterus is really, really small and then suddenly it's going to be, it's, it starts to expand, by the time you kind of get to 12 weeks plus, that uterus starts to grow out of the out of the pelvis, and at the same time, it's pulling on those ligaments that are attached to the side of it. So that's why you start to get that pain either side of your um, of, of of your groin sometimes, or either side of your, your your lower abdomen, because it's literally just the ligaments stretching because the uterus is growing and, pull, and pulling them up. So it's quite common to get those pains, um, those sharp pains on the side. All I would say is that if somebody is having um, persistent you know really severe pain or 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 um or bleeding or both then they should certainly get um get checked out um, at their hospital um, by giving the midwife uh, um a call so it's always worthwhile getting it checked out but it's really really common to get that uh, that round ligament pain especially at that sort of gestation yeah because i think that's the thing is that you, you get these pains and it's knowing what's a normal pain and, mm. and what's a pain that should be concerning and when you need to ring mm. yeah absolutely but even to be honest even with, with round ligament pain even if it's you know it's nothing serious but you are 
you are concerned or you're not sure, then it's the, you can still give the, the hospital a call. You know, um, there's no there's no harm in doing that. Uh, another message from Libby. She says, I'm 21 weeks pregnant. I've been getting loads of nosebleeds, which isn't normal for me. Is this normal in pregnancy? Yeah, nosebleeds are normal, actually. And um, usually it happens a, a lot earlier than that. Um, if it's going to happen at all. Your your blood volume increases significantly when you're pregnant. You know, your blood volume kind of goes right up. And along with that, you've got hormone changes, um, you know, things start to soften up, blood vessels start to dilate. So you can, and you know, you can get a lot of nasal congestion, you can get um, um, nosebleeds. So yeah, it is quite normal. Obviously with any nosebleed, whether you're, whether you're pregnant or not, if it's a nosebleed that is hemorrhaging or you know you can't stop it then you need to seek um need to seek help and advice for that but it, it is common to get frequent nosebleeds in, preg- in, in pregnancy there's so there's so many things isn't there like so many mm. changes that you just would never expect like that nosebleeds i'd never expect mm. i think i've when i've brushed my teeth my gums have gums is that- yes yeah. yeah i had i had that as well i had that um with most of them yeah the gums but because again you know the, the blood volume's increasing and even in your gums um Things can become swollen. You're, you're more prone to getting gum disease when you're pregnant because your gums can become swollen um, and they can and they can bleed a lot. So it, there's so many changes that occur in the in the human body. You know, when we're pregnant, it's just it's phenomenal. And I think it it is it, it is important to to learn about all of these changes. And it's important for us as midwives to to educate people um, on what to expect so that it isn't so much of a shock when it happens. I mean, it's easy to forget, which I found a lot throughout the beginning is just what your body's actually doing and all these changes that come with mm. it. you're like why is that happening well because I'm growing a human being it's it's ridiculous <laughs> to think that that anything else <laughs> wouldn't be happening you know yeah it's so weird um, it's a big job it really is uh, Katie says I'm about to go for my 20 week scan I know the gender but I'm feeling anxious about everything else my partner is away can I reschedule for a few weeks time when he's back or is it important I go at exactly 20 weeks um, well, so the anomaly scan, it needs to take place between 18 and 22 weeks, really, because um, if the baby gets too big, because obviously they grow very, very quickly, week by week, they're, you know, they're changing. If the baby grows, gets too big, then it's harder for the sonographer to see what they're supposed to be looking at, you know, um, all the different structures um, within the baby's body. So that's why it's important. It's a bit like when you go for anybody who's been for one of those three or 4D scans, they recommend, I can't even remember the gestation they say now, I think it's no no don't go any later than 26 weeks i think because the baby gets too big and you can't see anything so it is it, it is it is recommended to have the anomaly scan at you know between those gestations because you know for for that reason um so um if possible you know if if you can if you want to reschedule um i wouldn't do it any later than 22 weeks because otherwise yeah, they, they they might miss something um I have actually got a personal question I'd like to ask because it's something I've been speaking about over the weekend, but I'm jumping ahead to further ahead. But you were talking about, obviously, the um, ligaments and the uterus and everything. And Mm -hmm. obviously, we expect the contractions when we go into labor. um, And uh, we've learned about that. But (laughs) I've been told that after labor, you contract for a little while. And then when you're breastfeeding, you contract for a little while. This is something I had no idea about. Yeah, so this is called involution. So we think your uterus has gone from um, like the size of an orange, um, maybe even smaller than that, to the size of a, a, a large melon, you know, a huge one. 
So it needs to go back. It needs to go back to normal size. You know, it takes a good few weeks to do that. So what it starts off by doing, um, when you think about the placenta, the placenta is attached to, the placenta is actually about the size of a dinner plate. It's quite big. It's quite a big piece of flesh, right? And it's got blood vessels on it and it's attached to the uterine wall. When that placenta comes away, all the blood vessels that are on the uterus side are, um, they, need, they need to clamp down. So the uterus needs to clamp down on it. Otherwise, if the uterus doesn't clamp down, then it's, then you can you can hemorrhage, okay? It's got open blood vessels there. So it clamps down quite quickly after birth, literally within seconds of the placenta coming out, the uterus will clamp down. Um, you can't usually feel that. That's not usually an issue. But in the hours and the days after having your baby, if it's your first, it's very unlikely you're gonna feel anything at all. By the time you get to your fifth baby, <laughs> the chances are you may well, you may well like me, um, have some quite uncomfortable after pains, which is the uterus, because it's, it's, it's working hard, even harder, because you've had so many babies, to get back down to the size it was pre-pregnancy. And um, the reason why people feel it more when they're breastfeeding as well is because when you're breastfeeding, you release oxytocin from your brain. And oxytocin is the hormone that makes your uterus contract which is why we need to have lots of oxytocin flowing through our bodies, which is the happy hormone. And we need to have lots of that happy hormone flowing through our bodies when we're in labor to make the uterus contract properly. If you're scared and you're anxious and you're fearful, that's gonna hinder the oxytocin. So when you're breastfeeding and you've had your baby, that can cause your uterus to, to contract and, and clamp down and can cause some um, uncomfortable after pains. But yeah, chances are, if, you, if, it's, if, you, if it's your first baby or if it's your second baby, um, you know, you probably won't feel any, or if you do, it'll be very, very mild, like period type pains, perhaps. Um, but they tend to get worse the more children you have. It's <laughs> <laughs> always something new to learn. It only lasts for 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 a day or two. I mean, it's not it's not something that goes on for forever. So, and it's nothing in comparison to, to labour. It's just it's like having a period pain, really. And it's good. It's it's a good it's a good type of pain because it means your your uterus is trying to get back down to its pre pregnancy size. So. Yeah, I find it really helpful to know why what you're feeling is, is happening to you because you can mm. go, it's not like, you know, if you, you break your leg and it's just a horrible pain. It's like, no, 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 this pain is doing something good. Yeah, yeah. And it's helping to prevent you from hemorrhaging as well. So it's all, it's a good pain. It's a bit, it's, it's a bit like when you go into labour. Um, it hurts, but it's, it's a good pain because it's helping you to, you know, it's helping your baby come out into the world and you're going to see your baby and it's a, it's, it's a good pain, you know, rather than rather than something bad, like you say, like a broken leg. Purposeful pain. We need it to get it out. <laughs> yes. Good way of thinking about it. I remember Absolutely. that when I'm yeah. in labour. Oh, this is good. This is so bad. This is so good. Where's that oxytocin? Yeah, but that's it. That's... <laughs> That's it, absolutely. <laughs> oh, well, that was great. Thank you so much, Brilliant. Marley, for answering those questions and helping us with our uh, perineal massage and, and all sorts. We've Once again, we've learned a lot more this episode. Can you tell everyone, just in case they're not following you on Instagram, where, you're, where you are, where your videos are, because they're very, very useful. Yeah, absolutely. So um, uh, anyone who wants to have a look at my Instagram page is at Midwife Marley. Um, and there's a selection of videos that I've got on my IGTV and on and on Reels as well. Um, and I've I use a lot of um, aside from my videos, I use a lot of uh, 
illustrations. I've got these these little characters that I use to to, to illustrate certain scenarios and to, and to try and educate on certain points. And you'll also see them in my um in my new book, which is Midwife Marley's Guide for Everyone. So yeah, so check it out at Midwife Marley. Thank you very much. Perfect. Thank you, Marley. Hopefully, we'll see you at the baby show. You're welcome. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks, Marley. Take care. Thank you, Marley. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Midwife Marley for joining us and thank you for joining us again very kind we had a lovely review actually from um M who says I loved two non-blondes that was our previous podcast and as a mum to a now 11 year old boy I still enjoy hearing about Amy and Jenny's motherhood journeys it's funny interesting entertaining and provides me with some nostalgia as I recall those early mum days highly recommend to all not just for pregnant people thanks M we bloody love a review, don't we? Love that. If you give us a five-star review and a nice little comment, it really helps us and it helps the podcast get seen by more mums and more people that might find it interesting or helpful. And speaking of that as well, with all these nice messages we got from the last episode, I know a lot of people have shared us on Instagram and tagged us and um, helped us reach out to more parents. So if you ever do that, we really appreciate that too. Thank you. We just want to spread the two new mums message. <laughs> spread that good old vibe yes thank you so much um it does all really help and uh we'll be back with you next week when we'll find out what individually wrap biscuit i got which i think oh, we're all i can't wait. we're all on pins and needles about so <laughs> look i'm getting a lot of pins and needles right i've got restless leg syndrome so it's very much in the forefront of my mind oh dear right we'll see you next week bye Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel-Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.